Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 53 of Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez, and this is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. How are you doing this fine young day, Nicholas Morhan? If that yell that you did doesn't wake anyone up listening to the podcast, then I don't know what will. That was... I, I don't know if something works now with my headphones, but that was one of the loudest ones ever. It's 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 still rocking around in my brain. I'm good, man. Uh, got to see a Super Bowl. We'll get into that. Got some NFL honors. We talked about last week. We're gonna we're gonna kind of do a a quarter season NBA talk, uh, and then a rest of the season preview, and then we got some MLB news to discuss as well. So it'll be a good be a good episode. Yeah, lot lot to get to, lot to get to. Uh, like Nick said, there was a Super Bowl that went down. Uh, I kind of had a love hate relationship with football this year. Uh, it might have stemmed from college, and it, you know could probably be just in general of the NFL. But I wasn't the most thrilled for it, to be honest. But we'll touch on that much, much more later. As of right now, we'll get into some trivia for you guys. And in honor of the Super Bowl, which how could we not? What is the record for the most watched Super Bowl in history? And the answer is all right. So we're going to kick off this podcast with some MLB news. It's probably the least uh, chunky chunk of t- this episode. <laughs> so. Uh, we'll kick it off with a little GMing with Jermaine. So I just want to get into uh, my love for the Los Angeles Dodgers general manager. His name is Farhan Zaidi. And let me tell you what this dude has done. In back-to-back seasons, off-seasons, he has acquired the second-best positional player in baseball, <laughs> a former Cy Young in that same offseason, Won the World Series after that trade. 
which that former Cy Young had nothing to do with, which is the crazy part that everyone seems to be forgetting about on this this baseball team. And then followed up on this offseason by signing a former, well, the reigning National League Cy Young. That's right. He traded for Mookie Betts, David Price, then followed up in the next offseason by signing Trevor Bauer, who won the Cy Young Award. He now has three Cy Young pitchers on his staff, which I don't know if this is the only time ever this has happened, but it's the only roster currently to have three Cy Young winners on it. And the best part is, he signed Trevor Bauer to a three-year, $105 million contract. That's right. Three-year, one hundred five. Trevor Bauer is earning the largest single-season payout for a major league player ever and this year, which is $40 million. And next year, if he opts in after <laughs> with his player option, he'll be earning $45 million which means he'll set the largest single season ever and then top it by $5 million the next year. But the only player the Los Angeles Dodgers have on their books for the 2022 season and beyond is Mookie freaking Betts. I mean, this, this has to show that the Dodgers are just the Dodgers just have too much money. They're just throwing money at people. I'm just like, here you go. We don't we we can't use it. We already spent enough of it. Here you go, Trevor Bauer. You're the reigning you're the reigning Cy Young winner. Here, I just have some money. Oh, you won the biggest contract ever. Sure, here you go. I I, I wish I could be upset by the Dodgers, but it's just the Dodgers. They they reload. Gotta love baseball. The rich get richer. The small teams get smaller. Trevor Bauer has a contract that is bigger than four complete teams' payrolls. Over the three years or the single season? Single season. So that $40 million is bigger than three teams' payrolls right four. now? Four. Four, yes. <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is uh, pretty crazy. I'm so my thing that really floors me, right? With all the talent that the, ro- the that roster has, Mookie Betts is the only one signed past 2022. So now you so now you have to imagine they're going to sign uh reigning uh World Series MVP Seager, right? Corey Seager, right? Or is that his brother? Corey Seager, yes, Corey yeah, Seager. Yeah, Cor- Corey Seager. Now you have to imagine they're going to sign Walker Bueller, who's going to be their future ace, right? With aging uh, David Price, Clayton Kershaw, and then who's actually project, uh, who, who's projected to be their ace this year? Actually, Walker Bueller, right? He, no, yeah, I'm saying he is projected. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. Ace, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he's gonna get. He, yeah, they. So I anticipate him being there past 2022 as well. And then you got to imagine they're gonna sign uh, Cody Bellinger as well. Mm-hmm. But what a four pieces to. To have now, those are four pieces to have that any team would love to have. They're gonna have all four, and they don't have them signed currently past twenty twenty two. Like it's it's outrageous the abundance of riches this man has put on one team. I mean, it does stem from the fact that Max Muncie is overproduced, you know, 
based on how they picked him up, which that story is just crazy in its own right. You know, but I'm just blown away by what they're able to do. Like, Dustin May is on that pitching staff, right? Julio Urias is on that pitching staff. Um, Man, what's – Kenley Jansen's on that pitching staff. Yeah, he's a little bit washed up these days, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, tell – Tell me where the other 24 teams in the league are that don't want him. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think <laughs> that, it, you know, when, when you it's, – it's a testament to somebody's GM, GM, GM ability when you can sign a guy who's the reigning, reigning NL Cy Young winner and a very good pitcher, and he projects to be the – and probably would be the ace on 26 to 28 teams in the major leagues, and he's your number three guy. It's 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 ridiculous. And uh, in answer to your question, Jermaine, this is the one team that popped into my mind instantly. The 1995 Braves, or the, sorry, the 96 Braves, when John Smoltz oh. won his when John Smoltz won his Cy Young in '96. The Braves had Greg Maddox, four-time Cy Young winner, Tommy Glavin, well, at that time one-time Cy Young winner. He won another one in '98, and then Smoltz when he won one in '96. So the Braves had Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox all on the same staff. God, I forgot about that pitching in, staff in 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 1996. So that's such that was like one of the pitching staffs that got me into baseball. Those dudes would throw some pitches, and I'd just be sitting there like my fucking six year old, seven year old, eight year old brain, like, what just happened to that ball? Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> you yeah. you you sorcerer! Get off the field, you sorcerer! <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean that in in. I'm looking. I'm looking at 95 right now. In, in 95, when when they won, I think they won the World Series in 95. Um, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, so when the Braves won the World Series in 1995, that year, Greg Maddox went 19 and two with a 1.63 ERA. Tommy Glavin went 16 and seven with a 3.08 ERA, and John Smoltz went 12 and seven with a 3.18 ERA. Fucking bum. Yeah, what a fucking loser. <laughs> get with the ti- get with the times, schmaltzy. You my my the crazy thing is is, is Dustin May is prob so Urias is probably going to push into the bullpen, right? He's mm-hmm. going to probably eat up innings anytime some of those uh starters can't go. But it's the potential that Dustin May showed, has shown, and is expected to show that really makes that fucking pitching staff kind of like uh, asshole puckering, for lack of a better term. It's, And you and I have talked, maybe not ad nauseum, uh, a little less than usual. We, w- we probably would have talked a lot more about this, but it's been a busy few uh, few weeks for us. But... The San Diego Padres versus Los Angeles Dodgers needs to be prime time baseball every single game of every single week. It they need to be playing each other in prime time every week. Yeah. I yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be Sunday night baseball a couple of times. Uh but I like I I don't it it is it is just crazy to me that the Dodgers are able to one sign the amount of talent they do. That's not crazy to me. They have you know that that comes from money. But then also like, you talk about 
uh, Dustin May. Dustin May is a product of their organization, right? So not only can he sign the best players, but he can also draft pretty well and, and draft and develop, right? And that's and that's why they. It's why they're the Dodgers. That's why every you know we talk about we like to make fun of them because you know they've only won one World Series in the last seven, but six of the last seven years they've been in the World Series. It's probably a mark of a decent team. Bunch of losers is what it sounds like to me. That's what really yeah. ma- really makes me mad about this is they didn't trade for Trevor Bauer, so their cupboard is still stocked with all that talent that they didn't give to the Red Sox as part of the Mookie Betts deal that we were talking about earlier. Not only that, not only, what's so crazy about that deal was they acquired Mookie Betts and David Price. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the dude has some noted struggles in big-time moments, but he's still a pretty good choice to be your starting pitcher. You know what I mean? Let alone yeah. you, you. You tell me you're coming into se- season with David Price as your fourth starter, and you're not ecstatic as a coach. Even Dave Roberts is terrible decision making. Can't sink this team. <laughs> yeah, well, you you would you would hope. You All would right, hope and, All right. You would hope and pray that he can't. <laughs> All right, let me take that back. Uh, for the, those of you listening, I want that stricken from the record. Please do not clip that soundbite and, and play it yeah. over and over again when Dave Roberts does eventually blow it because we that hope, is what he's good at doing. We hope that Dave, that Dave Roberts cannot blow this, but we would not be. Now that, he has the monkey, now that he has the monkey off his back, right, He's 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 got to be able to be like, all right, let me be able to make some decisions. He's not going to put Canley Jensen in and the – fucking top bottom of the eighth and expect him to close the game in the ninth like a jabroni yeah i mean uh, maybe maybe this is maybe this is the worst thing that happened to baseball maybe he's freed now yeah like maybe Roberts that, is freed maybe he was just making all those decisions because of pressure yeah and uh so speaking of one of the worst things to happen to baseball um pedro gomez passing away at age 58 was pretty um I mean, unexpected is, is probably the best way to describe it. I feel like that's always said about any time anyone passes away. It's like, oh, age 93, he passed away. Unexpected. It's like, unexpected. I don't know. I think we were kind of expecting that one. But this one was pretty shocking. And and to see that this, this I guess it's not a statistic, but this, like, that he was an ESPN reporter since 2003, it's it's kind of shocking to see yeah, I mean, I, we we discussed pre-show that you know you kind of you know Pedro Gomez. I, I recognize that name, and then you you know you were saying that he did a lot of um, like narration over videos, like over highlight videos, and you know you start watching some of these videos, and you're like, this guy has been a fixture in my life as a baseball fan for years, without even really knowing it. So it it, it will be different, definitely watching these videos and, and seeing this guy and being like oh he's not or you know not seeing him anymore and, and that's gonna be that's that's gonna suck so obviously thoughts and our our thoughts go out to go out to his family obviously you know there's a there's a certain point in your life probably after 80 where you know if you die you're like well okay yeah he's 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 kind of old it's crazy that our we're saying that we're saying that over 80 and our president's like 78 years old but um you know, there's a certain point in life where you know you 
kind of bite the bullet and people are like, yeah, okay. He was, you know, he was, it, it was his time. Um, and, but I, I think this has gone a little too soon. So it, it kind of stinks to, to say that. Yeah, it's, it, it does suck. Cause he's kind of built up that cachet. you know, he's kind he kind of hit that point where a lot of people looked for him for, you know, his like, he probably had a, a pretty decent following that just read his articles specifically or stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he, he didn't even get to, you know, he didn't even get to cash in his TSP, dude. No. No, they got him before he did. That's the that's the game of retirement, bro. Retirement is, is a hell of a racket, bro. Dude, so you got me. You, you got me. Before we move on, you got me on this on this trend. So while while we've been talking, I've been looking this up, and, and I just found that Greg Maddox from 1992 to 1996 won four straight Cy Young awards. Is, I mean, that's probably a, a future question, but is that the record? It uh, for straight ones, it has to be for straight, right? Didn't someone just win? multiple in a row or am i making that up i think you're making that up i i don't remember i i think roger clemens holds the record hold on let me let me look that up for Let's roger clemens holds the record for most wins or he has most he, in a row? he has seven yeah so roger clemens has the most he has seven randy johnson has five and neither of them did those straight yeah wow so that's probably like wow that's yeah. four in a row is crazy. That means he was. That means he was like twenty with single twenty wins with single digit losses for four seasons in a row, with like probably a, collectively over those four a sub two five ERA. Both both Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox won four consecutive Cy Young awards. Oh, yeah. I mean, are are we shocked about Randy Johnson though? Are we shocked? Are we, are we shocked that Roger Clemens is not in the Hall of Fame? Yes. <laughs> no, hold on. First of all, don't start. So <laughs> we we'll we'll, we'll, we'll finish. We'll, we'll finish up our, our our MLB. I don't think I have a rant this time, but we'll see where we get into it. Uh, so the the MLBPA and the MLB owners agreed on 2021 terms. So the seven inning uh, double headers and the runner on second base are coming back. However, the universal DH and the expanded playoffs are not coming back for 2021. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's an issue we've discussed at length. Whenever the MLB has a chance to, you know, actually figure stuff out, they swing and miss. So no universal DH, no expanded playoffs, but at least we get seven-inning doubleheaders. Okay, who cares? And uh, a runner on second base and extra innings. Okay, who cares? Yeah, they're kind of the, uh, they're kind of the Chris Davis of executive decisions. Yeah, I. That's yeah. The we're also talking. We're talking about Chris Davis of the C. By the way, that was a that was a popular pre-show topic, which which we won't we we won't get back into. So let's let's move on to uh, NFL, Jermaine. Yeah, fair fair. What enough. are your What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? They just can't put a good product on the field in the Super Bowl, can they? I was super excited for this game, and I bet props, and I bet the game like I was super excited for it. And then after I made all these bets, I realized that 
it's the Super Bowl, and the NFL has not put a good Super Bowl forward since Eagles Patriots. Maybe, yeah, that was that was one of Falcons Patriots. Maybe was Falcons after Eagles or before the Eagles? That was before, right? Yeah, it was before, right? Yeah, I think the last good one was Eagles Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just yeah, I was naming. So, so this Super Bowl drew ninety six point four million viewers. Uh, obviously, it was uh, it was big for the the Buccaneers uh, because the Buccaneers had two female assistants uh, make history. Lori Locust and you're gonna have to say the other name, Jermaine, for me. Maral Yavadifar. Uh, you know, my apologies if I butchered that name, but that's <laughs> that's how it it phonetically looks to me. So they're the first female coaches to coach in a Super Bowl, and now they're the first female coaches to win a Super Bowl. I where did where so so I. What, what I've been seeing in the media is there's a lot of undue hatred coming to Patrick Mahomes. I get it that he's the quarterback of of the team that got you know whooped by the Patriots and didn't score a touchdown when they were this offensive beast the whole year. But I think no criticism needs to come from Patrick Mahomes. He was throwing balls literally parallel to the ground. He was yeah. he was he was doing the Russell Wilson as his offensive line was using the swinging gate blocking technique he was doing the russell wilson of scrambling for his life every play throwing off his back foot throwing off his front foot doing a front flip and then throwing he like and balls were hitting travis kelsey tyreek hill damian williams in the end zone were hitting them in the hands in the face mask and perfectly catchable balls that they were dropping yeah so that's actually weird that you brought up that counterpoint so i actually had a counterpoint for patrick Mahomes fans which i seem to be running into uh more than you obviously i feel like everyone's talking about how patrick mahomes had no help and patrick mahomes was doing this that and the other and in patrick mahomes could do no wrong blah 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 despite him actually doing a lot of wrong and i and i was just laughing about how the, and this is, I remember telling you pre-show, I was just like, I want to save this for the podcast to get your reaction. But I, I just find it comical how people want to pick and choose narratives for quarterbacks and they don't hold it the same across the board. Because last year, Tom Brady had no help. This year, in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes has no help. Lamar Jackson... Does not have a bona fide wide receiver two on his roster. Oh, I'm looking at you, Hollywood Brown. Get your head out of your ass and be fucking better at football. He has Mark Andrews, who is a slow possession receiver tight end. He is a slightly more athletic Jason Wynn. That coaching staff decided to use Mark Ingram more than J.K. fucking Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Who Gus Edwards casually falls forward for 5.4 yards to carry. It's unreal. It's unreal. But for some reason, because the media has successfully built up a narrative about Lamar Jackson not being able to make throws and the fact that there have been instances where he does not complete throws, they want to, they want to bury him. And nobody asks where his help is. Nobody asks why his second best receiver on his team is Willie Sneed, who is a Saints cast-off from yesteryears of Drew Brees and, and his lights-out throwing. 
But for some reason, their darling, their golden boy, who went out there and stunk it up, did not play well, did not throw footballs well, did not read the defense well, got crushed by Todd Bowles and his four-man pressures the whole game. But for some reason, you you want you want to pitch and tell me these stories selectively, right? Lamar Jackson plays well against other teams not named the Tennessee Titans. But because he plays the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, they want to talk about it. See the New Orleans Saints playing the Minnesota Vikings. This is the most frustrating thing ever. Aaron Rodgers is 1-4 in the NFC Championship games, but for some reason, it's everyone else but Aaron Rodgers. Like... Where do they earn this cachet and this respect, this buildup for people to to pick and choose the narratives on them? That that's what that's what I'm fed up with. Patrick Mahomes did not show up in the biggest game of the season. He didn't. They had two weeks to prepare for not having those tackles. That's on the coaching staff. Like, what else do you want to do? Just because he's he's your next anointed and everyone loves Patrick Mahomes for God knows what reason, they just they just want to they just want to explain it as much as they possibly can. All right, let's see if I can unpackage this because <laughs> there was the, while you were gone, I agreed and disagreed with a lot of things. I agree that Todd Bowles did a fantastic job of getting pressure with your front four. If you can get pressure with your front four, you're generally going to win the football game. I don't know the stats on it, but I I would say it would not be ludicrous of me to say 75% of the time that you can get pressure with your front four, you're winning that football game. right? Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes made some bad reads. I think it was also combined with the fact that he had bad wide receivers. And the worst game combined with his wide receivers was combined by uh, some poor decision making by Patrick Mahomes. Right? He's still a phenomenal athlete, and that's get and that gets him out of stuff. Um, I agree that the narratives in the NFL to to say he doesn't have help is, is ridiculous. Right? He had we were I was talking with my buddies when I was watching the Super Bowl, and we were like, "Dude, Sammy Watkins is on this team, and Sammy Watkins doesn't play meaningful snaps. That's a former first round pick." Like Hardeman, Hill, Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, like, that is who he has as weapons. He has weapons, right? They didn't show up, right? I agree that the Chiefs didn't show up in the biggest game of the year, right? Call it Super Bowl hangover, call it whatever. They didn't show up, right? Like, Tom Brady went to a team, basically, basically pulled the... You know, pulled the Chiefs, went to a team that had a bunch of weapons and was missing a, a piece. And he was that piece. And he's much better than Jameis Winston. Right? And he won a he won a championship with the most loaded team probably in the NFC. Right? That we that it, if Jameis Wilson if Jameis Winston doesn't throw thirty interceptions last year, they're in the playoffs. And they're probably a pretty decent seed in the playoffs. So and then the, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, like Aaron Rodgers not having weapons. I you, you hear or like you know Aaron Rodgers can do no wrong. Yeah, he's. We, we talked about this last episode. The Green Bay Packers have had two for over the last twenty years, maybe even thirty years, have had two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And you have two Super Bowls. 
Like you're, Aaron Rodgers may be in the NFC Championship game, but I, I, I don't give people props for losing. Right? Yeah, Jim Kelly was a great quarterback, but he never won a Super Bowl. He got there four times. Okay, good. It takes a it takes a lot to get to the Super Bowl four times. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And no one talks about him. Yeah, nobody talks about him. Dan Marino. You want to know why Dan Marino's not talked about in the conver- in the goat conversation? He doesn't win a Super he, Bowl. He doesn't know what the playoffs are. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't know that. I you you and I will always have a fundamental disagreement that Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. I'm not here. I'm not here to argue <laughs> if he's average, great, superior or not. What I'm here to say is, does Lamar Jackson have weapons? I, I agree. No, he doesn't. Okay, so then why is it that when Lamar Jackson falters with a severe lack of weapons, nobody says anything? But Deshaun Watson gets bailed out all year because they traded Nuke. But Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams and hasn't thrown to a first-round pick in, I don't know, his career. But Tom Brady last year got bailed out because he didn't have weapons to throw to. Patrick Mahomes is now getting the narrative painted about him that he doesn't have weapons. Why is it that those quarterbacks get it but not him? That's so. That's such fucking bullshit is what it is. Especially when he comes back from COVID and he's one of the better passing quarterbacks in the league leading into the playoffs. His playoffs games that were stinkers are against the Tennessee Titans, as I've said before. That's what makes me so frustrated, right? I would say he was the most he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks. Josh Allen had no weapons. He gets Stefan Diggs. Everyone is all over Josh Allen. Then Josh Allen lays a dud against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And he's just like, well, you know, Josh Allen just didn't have enough weapons out there. Cole Beasley just isn't the answer on the field. Well, if, if Josh Allen had a tight end, if Josh Allen had a running game, every single other quarterback gets bailed out by this malarkey of an excuse. They played bad. They choked. Lamar Jackson played bad in the playoffs. He choked. I'm willing to say that. Why is no one else willing to say that about other quarterbacks? That's what makes me so freaking frustrated. You know why? Because since coming out of college, he's been doubted as a thrower, despite him throwing 36 passing touchdowns last year, despite him throwing 30 touchdowns this year, despite him making... Absolute dime of throws where you can go look at the highlights where everyone's just like, oh my God, you see this throw from Lamar? But when he plays against a defensive coordinator who knows how to play against him in the playoffs, people take that and they run for it. When Le- the, To end the season, Lamar kept making big-time throw after big-time throw in tight coverage. But nobody wants to spotlight those. Shout out Luna, guest, guest show host. Nobody wants to talk about that. My thing that gets me so chapped about this is people love to harp and spotlight on individual performers, big-time mistakes. But no one ever talks about his successful throws, his good throws, or his great throws. No one ever wants to spotlight those. But for some reason, these other ones, the darlings, the the fantasy darlings of them, despite Lamar being the fantasy darling the year before, they want to spotlight them. They want to highlight them. 
Carson Wentz has some of the most biggest defenders on his side. Who do you want right now, Lamar Jackson or Carson Wentz? Lamar Jackson. Okay. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what makes me so mad. That like Patrick Mahomes played god awful in that game. God awful. He didn't he didn't play well to he didn't play well to say he played god awful is wrong. He's just dead wrong. What did he do great? It's dead wrong. He had he, a few- made made throws made, made throws falling back, made every ball catchable. There were four or five significant drops that would have changed that would have kept drives moving and would have changed the momentum in that game. So there was there five drops. So if I pull up the stats right now, there's five drops. I, I don't know. Are in you gonna fucking you, you you're you're the dude that says stats don't matter and you're gonna fall back on the stats line? I'm telling what you, I, Damian Williams saying, got hit with a ball in the face mask in the end zone that would have completely changed the game at that point. If Damian Williams catches that ball in the end zone, it's a completely different thing. Travis Kelsey in the first half, I remember seeing him, had two significant drops on third down. Balls that he should have caught, balls that the cornerback had were put right in his hands and the cornerback made no play on it. It was literally him, the ball hitting his hands and dropping. Tyreek Hill had a play like that as well. That's where Tyre- I'm saying five Tyreek Hill... Tyreek Hill was surrounded by two corners floating to the side trying Again, to make dude, that catch. I, what did I tell you? I said Todd Bowles had a good game plan. He was able to rush four and cover the rest. I gave you that. But Patrick Mahomes did not have that bad of a game. His playmakers did not show up. That's what happened. His playmakers didn't show up. And there were momentum-killing drops. That's what I'm, happened in the game. I'm pulling it up right now. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes probably had 40-something attempts in that game. And he, well, he probably had 40-something attempts because they had to throw when they were down. They were down 22 points. Of course he's going to have 40 attempts. Just like Leonard Fournette has you know, probably had 15 attempts rushing because they were up big and they gave the ball to Leonard Fournette. And everyone wants to talk about playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny was so great. What's well, easier to run when you're up 22? 49 attempts. Yeah, dude, they Four, were down 49 by 29 attempts. He was throwing in garbage time. Yes, I, that doesn't shock me that he has 49 attempts. He he didn't he completed 51% on 49 attempts. 51%. That's not good. You with five drops, it's still not good. I saw him miss throw after throw, not the ones that are just hitting people in the helmet. I'm not sitting. I'm. I'm not going to defend Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes didn't play good at all. And then the best part is, is like, it seems like every time someone plays bad in the Super Bowl or in the NBA championship or in the World Series, we always hear just, just quietly, just quietly, just a few days later. XYZ is having surgery. XYZ is having surgery. How often have we seen that? How often have we seen that? I mean, you hear it after you've. I mean, this this year seems to be the this year seems to be the year of the injuries because we hear it after every team is eliminated from playoff contention that X Y that X player is having surgery on shoulder that he's played with the whole year. Okay, that's your decision to play with that. Yeah. Do you, you want me to feel sympathy? So you did good the whole year, 
But this last game, oh, now, now it hurts. No, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think the turf toe had any impact. I, I mean, I saw you know you saw him scrambling around like his life depended on it. He 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 didn't have any impact from turf toe. But no, that's 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 your boy. I mean that we 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 went into it. Th- I went into it thinking I won't speak for you that the Chiefs literally just had to show up and do what they had been doing all year, and they were going to be fine. It was up to the Bucks to execute their game plan. And if the Bucks executed it perfectly, then it would be a good game. The reverse was actually true. The Bucks just showed up and did what they did all, you know, all year pretty much with less first down runs, right? Thank God. <laughs> it seems it seemed like they complete they must have heard you and I bitching. Yeah. But they I mean they they showed up and and they trusted their front four to get pressure and their and their safeties to cover. Or their 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 defensive backs to cover, and they and trusted Tom Brady to do what Tom Brady does, and that's find Gronk in the Super Bowl in the or in the end zone in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because that's what really blew my mind is is the Buccaneers didn't play that good either. What what stem cells did they inject Gronk with before the Super Bowl? I that that was not a Gronk we've seen all year. I don't know. He started running sprints probably. Instead of film, <laughs> instead of t- sending in those videos, at at some point, at some point, for those of you who don't know, that there's an article that came out that said in on, on Super Bowl Media Week that Gronk uh, coaches wanted to make sure he was doing his workouts, so he had to run sprints and they had to show videos. So Gronk run, ran all his sprints in one day and changed shirts, so it, and then sent the videos on different days, so it looked like he was running sprints. At some point. The act of making up something has to take over the effort from the actual doing it. It's like Gronk, you were better off just running. Sprints, Gronk, you should just huh? ran sprints. Yeah, I get that you fooled you fooled the Buccaneers coaching staff, but like, should you ran sprints just because you're a professional who gets paid millions of dollars to just go out and run a couple of sprints? No, Tom Brady's gonna get him a Super Bowl, bro. Here, I mean, maybe. I wish. Here's what really blew my mind about the Super Bowl, right? The wide receivers for the Buccaneers have been talked up all year. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin combined for three catches. Yeah. It was literally three. the Brady it was literally the Brady and Gronk show. They, yeah, exactly. They had three catches for 40 yards, right? If you factor in Antonio Brown, right, who's the the th- who because he came late, he's the third musketeer, right? If you factor him, 9 for 62. 9 for 62. That means Tom Crazy. Brady does what Tom Brady does. He throws to the running rat, bunny, running back. Fuck you, Leonard Fournette, because I, because I had over four and a half receptions, and Leonard Fournette got four. Yeah, Gronkowski had six for sixty-seven, which God knows where that came from, and then Cameron Bray had three for twenty-six. The Buccaneers didn't play that well either. That's what blows my mind. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just personally annoyed with the narrative that's coming off of this off, off this Super Bowl. I I haven't I I know I can see why that's annoying. I have not heard. I I've heard the I've heard the opposite, which is Mahomes didn't get it done. Like Mahomes, it's all Mahomes. It's Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. So my I just wanted to bring a fact that it's that it's a team effort. It's yeah. it's the team effort of the Chiefs really just blowing the game. Well, that's 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 the Super Bowl. It, it I mean, like we said, ninety six point four million viewers. It's kind of you know, the NFL refuses to put a good product on on the field. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if there's anything that can be done, like solution wise for that. But uh, NFL, NFL honors, right? We'll, we'll do NFL honors and we'll move to the Hall of Fame. So, uh, offensive rookie of the year, there was a little bit of debate here, but Justin Herbert won it for the Chargers. Uh, I like, in in my personal opinion, I like uh, beach bum Justin Herbert and not uh, military recruit Justin Herbert in terms of look. <laughs> uh, I want to think that I, when when I think of this award, I'm going to think of beach bum Justin Herbert and not the way he looks right now because he looks like a 14-year-old kid. Um, there's a little bit of debate here, right? Because Justin Jefferson, who set all kinds of rookie receiving records, uh, should have gotten this award, maybe. That's what people are saying. What are your thoughts? I, d- I don't agree. It, it's a quarterback-based league, right? My okay. Is is just is Justin Jefferson the best player on his t- uh, on his team right now? No. Okay. There are other players on his team that require attention that Justin Jefferson just does not. So you're you know saying it's, re- it's 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 the Julio Antonio Brown. This is type of situation. This reminds me exactly exactly of Juju Smith Schuster, except Justin Jefferson's more talented. I am not taken away from the fact that Justin Jefferson is talented. Uh, wh- what I will say is that his team was ass water, and they had to throw. <laughs> That's true. What I am saying is there is no one else on that team that. <laughs> is trying to catch as many passes as volume as as much as him because they don't use tight ends in that offense. But Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen were the far superior options on that team, and people people went after them. And Adam Thielen missed games because of COVID, so Justin Jefferson was was the only other wide receiver there. That's why you had that weird uh, Michael Beebe making plays. Yeah, I don't. To to me, Justin Jefferson was impressive, but it was empty stats. Yeah, he wasn't the best player on his team. You can say Justin Herbert was the best player on the Los Angeles Chargers. One hundred percent. We're just yeah. saying something because there's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, and Justin Justin Herbert was the best player on his team. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I I am of the ilk that James Robinson deserved more respect in this in this category. I completely agree. If 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 we talk about impressive people, like I I think Justin Herbert should have gotten this award, and I'm glad that he did, right? Because of the showing that he put on, uh, and and to put the stats that he did in 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 that offense, it'll be interesting to see what where he develops last uh, next year, right? I, I'm still a big proponent. I don't know if it's backed up by any stats, but I'm still a big proponent about the sophomore year, right? Now that they have a full year of game film on you. Can you adapt? Can you read defenses? Can you, you know, 
can can you figure it out as a quarterback right but james robinson coming from undrafted right undrafted posting over a thousand yard season basically being the only player on the jacksonville jaguars that's you know worth a damn last year could move the football (laughs) yeah the only one who could move the football yeah i i I think that you know he should have gotten a a little bit more respect i do agree with that he was not number one on the depth chart this is the last thing i'm gonna say he wasn't number one on the depth chart going into week one week one a goomba wale was the number one on the depth chart Right, Gardner Minshew was the starting quarterback. They ended up playing four different quarterbacks. The dude had fourteen hundred scrimmage yards, plus thirty something receptions and ten plus touchdowns, including shout out by the way, Mike Glennon. Go back. Anyways, carry on, bro. So, defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young. No surprise, no debate there, right, Jermaine? No, I just want to shout out uh, safety Jeremy Chin for the Carolina Panthers. Dude. Wow. That kid is way better than I thought he was. He he was one of the few people I watched like in pre-draft. I was like, yo, that might be a good player. And I was hyped that Carolina got him. He was way better than I thought he was. Did he I like I, I don't I don't know he's he's the he's the heir apparent to Luke Keekley. Right? Now he's not a linebacker, but he plays he can play anywhere. He can cover he can play a nickel corner. He can play a linebacker. He can edge rush. I mean, like, what can this man not do in terms of in terms of defensive rookie? I don't think he was defensive rookie of the year. No, I no, am just was- very excited. I am very excited moving forward until Carolina ultimately cuts him uh, when they think his prime is hit. The Saints will sign him. He was my number two. Is all I wanted to say. I just think that he had a very Tyron Matthew esque impact on the football game uh moving on we got the coach of the year which uh if you listen to this podcast at all you know that one half of this show was pro this man as head coach of the year and that was kevin stefanski of the cleveland browns and that's right it was me shut up that you're welcome glad you cast your bet slips kevin stefanski coach of the year if the miami dolphins make the playoffs it's brian flores that's all that I'm saying. Nah, it's That's Brian Flores. If the, it's Brian Flores if the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs. Uh, the assistant coach of the year, offensive coordinator Brian Dayball, Dayball for Buffalo. It's it's yeah, it like you sense. said, like, like you said, it's it's you know, it's pretty easy when you have Stephon Diggs uh, on your team. That's you know. You, you just you build a game plan around him and and the dude that has a freaking cannon for a right arm, and and generally you're going to go places. Offensive player of the year, uh, so uh, often called the uh, non quarterback MVP, uh, Derrick Henry, running back of Tennessee Titans. Um, defensive player of the year, defensive lineman Aaron Donald, now his third uh, defensive player of the year, and his second straight defensive so we- player of the year. We have a few things to cover on these last two. Like, Derrick Henry deserved the Offensive Player of the Year, but isn't it shocking that Travis Kelsey did what he did as a tight end, and he was not even close to it? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of controversy here. For I, there, there, there is. I, I feel like that we're starting to see in the NFL that there's a there's two sets of definitive rules when it comes to offensive players. If you have a good year as a quarterback, I'm talking uh, 4,200 plus yards, 45 plus touchdowns, you're going to win MVP. 
if you rush for 2,000 yards as a running back, you will win Offensive Player of the Year. Both of yep. those happened this year in a year that Travis Kelsey did wide receiver things as a tight end on a team that has really good wide receivers and put up really good numbers as wide receivers. Exactly. that. that it just sucks because Travis Kelsey did ball out, but Derrick Henry was the clear, clear choice here. I just wanted to give a little love to Travis Kelsey. The yeah. second thing is, I mean, is there some bias going on here with repeat defensive player of the years? Because I feel like, the th- if I'm not mistaken, the third year that J.J. Watt won it, because J.J. Watt won it three in a row, wasn't there another player, if I'm not mistaken, that that we were kind of all sitting back like, but was he really? I I know what you're talking about. I can't name the specific player. But I, I remember in J.J. Watt's last year's Defensive Player of the Year, he had worse stats, but he was doing all the stuff like making one-handed interceptions and like catching balls in the end zone and throwing touchdown passes. And it's like, well, this isn't the best all-around. This isn't the most exciting player. This is the best defensive player. Yeah, at that point, make him fantasy player of the year. But so I feel like we kind of hit that point with Aaron Donald. Like Aaron Donald is that great. He is ninety nine in Madden overall for a reason. He gets triple team on something like sixty seven, sixty eight percent of his snaps. The man is an absolute beast. But to downplay what shocker, uh, what's which is kind of funny that we talked about JJ Watt in this situation. But to downplay what JJ Watt did. I mean, T.J. Watt did for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was arguably like the best defense all year, is is criminal. It's criminal that Aaron Donald got this award over T.J. Watt this year, which is crazy to say because it's fucking Aaron Donald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those situations. I just want to call a light to that, but we can move on to the next award. I just wanted to, to make comments unless you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I, I think that Aaron Donald is an absolute freak beast of a person. And yeah, you can look at stats all you want, but I you know, you and I both like to combine stats with game film. And the reason that Aaron Donald does not have the stats that TJ Watt has is he's playing interior defensive linemen. He's getting, you know, he's getting chopped, he's getting double teamed he's getting triple teamed and he's still he's still putting up stats that are comparable to whatever guy we can put him against right tj watt who's an edge rusher whose primary goal is to go get the quarterback and he did an amazing job at that and i think their stats are equally comparable tj watts are even better but I think, yeah, I think you did mention it. The funny thing is that we just talked about J.J. Watt getting an award that he didn't deserve, and then he's the one campaigning for his brother and, and calling the NFL out on Defensive Player of the Year. It's like, J.J., baby. just <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so for those of you listening, we'll just, we'll just do a real con- quick comparison. So the first number I give is T.J. Watt, and the second number I give is Aaron Donald. Tackles, 53-41. Sacks, 15-13.5. Tackles for loss, 23-12. Pressures, 55-42. Quarterback hits, 41-26. Forced fumbles, 2-4. Passes defended, 7-1. Interceptions, 1-0. TJ Watt led the league in all of those categories except for forced fumbles, which Aaron Donald led in. And interceptions. 
Oh yeah, and interceptions. Oh, probably passes defended as well. I it's sorry, led the league for that position group, D lineman. That's what I was trying to say. Um yeah, I mean that's, that's like those I are, said, that's, I'm that's that's I'm not, pretty damning, right? That's pretty damning, right? When you when you can compare them against against someone. I I don't I wouldn't have any problem with either of them winning this award. I don't I don't Basically what I'm trying to say is is TJ Watch probably should have won it. I, I I think you can make a great case for Aaron Donald winning it too. Yeah, I'm not. So my thing is, is like I'm not just like I'm not taking. A, a don't think JJ Watt was deserving that last year, but there was definitely another guy. You were kind of like, well, and that's how I feel right now. But Aaron Donald winning it, you're yeah. never going to see me be like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to to comeback player of the year. If you listen to this podcast religiously, and you, I, I wonder if we could figure this out somehow. This is this is where we need a, a community of followers behind us, but. Jermaine made a prediction back when we were going over our NFL awards, and I foolishly took Cameron Jarrell Newton to be the comeback player of the year. You said, Jermaine, you said if Alex Smith plays one snap of professional football this year, he wins comeback player of the year award. He not only played one snap, he won a football game for the Washington football team, and he is the comeback player of the year award. And you and I are both in agreement he needs to retire. Yeah, he needs so he needs to retire at the ceremony where they name the comeback player of the year award after him. Yeah. Like yeah. the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. The man almost lost his life. I'm not, that's not hyperbole, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Not only yeah. did he did not only did he almost lose his leg, he almost lost his life. He came back to lead the Washington football team to a 5 and 2 record as a starter. Uh I might be mistaken. It's either five and one or five and two, and that football team made the playoffs with what was it seven wins? Yeah, seven. So he, nine. so he had five of those seven wins. Yeah, name the fucking award after him. Let him retire. Bring him into the front office to lead fucking some sort of medical pursuit that helps players who have these traumatic injuries like this. Jesus fucking Christ, NFL. Do something right in your godforsaken life just once, you money fucking whores. Yeah, they won't do it. Fantasy player of the year, Josh Allen. Okay. I don't I I really I really don't like that this is an award at the NFL Honors. Am I crazy? I don't care. I don't like that this is an award. What what do I like you, you, the NFL keeps telling us that fantasy football, like the players keep telling us, like they don't care about fantasy football. And that you're going to name, you're going to give an award to a player about fantasy football? Fuck off. I don't care about fantasy football in terms of like NFL honors night. Like, yeah, if Josh Allen won me a fantasy football championship, then yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm, yeah, he was my fantasy player of the year. But to give an award out on honors night, I just, I don't like it. But maybe that's, maybe that's just a weird random hill that I'm dying on. <laughs> uh play yeah. of the year play of the year the kyler murray to uh deandre hopkins hail mary and i mean could you i mean i i th- could you ask for a better advertising for jordan brand i think we we went over this during the catch but i mean just the actual the freeze frame of hopkins in his air jordan gloves rising above everybody else to catch a ball that's free advertising right there you you gotta love that that's uh what what is that uh why well, I, I didn't pay attention enough in my sports media class to to remember what it is. There's earned media, there's shared media, and then there's owned media and something else. I don't know. Well, I, sh- I should probably know this considering I'm putting out uh, media right now. 
And then finally, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 45 touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 4,200 yards this year. I, just, I, I, really, I really don't think there was any debate. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was really good. Where's the Super Bowl? Yeah, I just – yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm just very, very annoyed, and I don't know. I didn't watch the NFL honors, obviously, because, uh, <laughs> you know, because it's the NFL honors. Like, who the fuck's really watching that? I just need the list afterwards. But I'm just very annoyed with, with it because they have all these awards. They have, like, touchdown celebration of the year. And all this other stuff, and I'm like... Which was given to the Steelers for a birthday candle. Was there no better celebrations than a birthday candle on a football? Yeah, and so now I'm I'm pulling up the full list of... of oh, this might be sporting news. Is sporting news who doesn't? Anyways, I'll have to double check that. But sporting news has their awards. My thing is, just like, why does the NFL Honors not have an executive of the year? This is a great question. Like, why the fuck do I care about fantasy player of the year, touchdown celebration of the year, no disrespect to Walter Payton, but the Walter Payton man of the year? Why do I care about the FedEx Aaron ground players of the year? And for some reason, there isn't an executive of the year. What is the FedEx air and ground players of the year? It's the passing and rushing yard leaders, bro. It's pretty. (laughs) We already have have stats for that. It's the passing and the rushing leader. That's not an award. That's just a stat. The passing title and the rushing title are already given out. Nobody's going to debate that Aaron Rodgers or like that Aaron Rodgers had the most passing yards. Nobody's going to debate that Derrick Henry had the most rushing yards. That's stats. You can't debate. You use stats to debate. You don't debate stats. That's that's what I didn't understand. But like, so we went over the whole the whole list, right? And you know, there's a few points. Like, if someone really wanted Justin Jefferson, I'm not going to be super upset about that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if someone wanted Brian Flores, I'm not going to be super upset about that. But it's Kevin Stefanski. He beat a curse. Yeah, you know no, I, I mean? know. But like, I agree. Like, I agree. I agree that it's Kevin Stefanski. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I tip my hat to you, sir. It's Kevin Stefanski. But you're saying self- if the Dolphins made the playoffs, it'd be Brian Flores. There's a celebration of the year. There's an Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. What? Oh, Jesus. What, where, where, is, where is... Art Rooney was won by Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. That's so funny that you said, oh, Jesus. But where is the executive of the year? Yeah, can we replace some of this? Can can I can I also rant about something in the Super Bowl that I'm very... That like, some, something that's starting to take hold that I, I don't like? Can we stop with all this cartoon Nickelodeon bullshit, please? All these googly eyes and like like slime zone and shit like that. Can we stop with that, please? That like kids ki- kids are naturally attracted to foot to football. You own a day of the week. If your parents don't like football, guess what? You're probably not going to like football. If your parents have at least a cursory interest in a football team or just watching football, you, or you've or they take you to a football game, you're going to like football. I don't need to have Nickelodeon on my Fox TV slime zoning the end zone and giving the the MVP award out to Mitchell Trubisky of all people. Come on! But like during the Super Bowl, they did it too. They were like, "Let's take a look back at the Super Bowl highlights from Nickelodeon." I'm like, "This is so stupid!" And everybody at the party I was at was like, "You're just a hater. You just hate on." I'm like, "Kids don't need we, the NFL. That's not the demographic that NFL needs to be going after." 
The NFL needs to be going after you know who? International and Hispanics. That's who you need to be going after. Because those are your demographics that you can expand into. Mexico City and London. Uh, uh, uh. But no, we want to we want to attract twelve year old kids that watch NFL games for Nickelodeon. Yeah, I mean, you know what it what it stems from, right? No, I have no idea. Maybe it's I'm, the re- maybe- it's the it's the recent endemic on concussions, right? There's been a severe decrease in children turnout into NFL, and less players playing the sport is less talent, right? Quote, unquote, I am not an executive. Don't shake your head at me. I will fight you. <laughs> but hey, hey, kids, you know what doesn't give you CTE? America's pastime. Come on. Come on. Come back. Come back to baseball, everybody. <laughs> we've, we've sat in the dark for too long. <laughs> Until we forget to teach kids not to hit the ball this back is, at the pitcher. This is Manfred's plan the whole time. Oh, dude, the Mad Prince conspiracies, bro. We should start a podcast just called the Mad Prince conspiracies. Put your put your tin put your tinfoil hats on, everybody. Put your tinfoil hats on. Manfred is just acting like the oh, the MLB sucks so bad when they're gonna swoop in and just one day he's just gonna be like, you know, it doesn't give you CTE, baseball. You know, it doesn't have insurance problems, baseball. You know where you could get paid a ton of money for nothing. You know where we have guaranteed contacts for guys like Justin Upton? Bro, Trevor Bauer just got $40 million. No disrespect to Trevor. He's a pretty good pitcher, but he's not a pitcher I'm paying $40 million. <laughs> You got to really lie. I've talked to a lot of Mets fans over the last couple of days, just circling back to the Trevor Bauer thing, and they're like low-key. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, like, well, he's not even a good pitcher anyway. I'm like, you guys are just mad that oh. you don't have Dodge. I'm, <laughs> you guys are just mad. That. You guys are just mad you don't have Dodger money. They're like, he had he pitched 12 games last year. He's like it's one c- good season. It's because Steve Cohen got hit by a GME. He couldn't shell out that. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get shell out that forty million. Bro. Too busy bailing, bailing out Melvin Capital to to do anything. Uh, all right. Well, so th- that was the that was the NFL honors. Um, the, the let's let's move into the Hall of Fame. So the the 2021 class of the Hall of Fame uh, came with uh, really no surprises actually, and, and actually some well no no bad surprises, no no notable snubs I guess, and and a good one for me being Alan Fanica. Alan Fanica finally getting into the Hall after finally. after a long time. But the the comp- the complete list: Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, uh, Alan Fanica, Peyton Manning. John Lynch and Bill Nunn. Uh, I believe it was Woodson, Johnson, Manning, and Lynch's first time on the ballot. So they got in. They got in first time. I'm not going to say I believe it was their first time. Yeah, I, I like Charles Woodson. I, I would say the only way, like if you had to, if you gave me these four names and you said one of them doesn't get into the hall, it would probably be Charles Woodson. Out of I'm, who? I'm saying Woodson, Johnson, Manning, Lynch. Oh wow! So you'd say Lynch in over Woodson? Well, but I, I I will I will show my bias to everybody right now. That's because I I when I was growing up in Denver, John Lynch was in Denver. That's really the, and and Charles Woodson played for Oakland. That it's literally a personal bias for me. Oh yeah, Denver versus Oakland. Yeah, we get yeah. It. not not to say that Charles Woodson is not an amazing player. And an amazing defensive player in his own right. It's just purely, I love John Lynch, and 
Charles, I don't like Charles Woodson because he's a Raider. Because he played for Oakland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the great thing is that we don't have to do that. And now he's and now they're all in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm just saying if you take any of those, if you had, a, if I had to pick one to get eliminated, it would be Charles Woodson. If I had to pick based on that same criteria, yeah. it's Peyton Manning. Oh, I oh you, sir, you had <laughs> you had my curiosity. Now you have my full attention. I'm just saying, are you kidding me? Charles Woodson, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, like Peyton Manning's the least exciting of those four. Like, fuck off, Peyton. Those other three were amazing. I don't give a That's- fuck how good you could change a play at the line of scrimmage. Fucking miss me, bro. I don't like that, so arm. I'm gonna I'm gonna reject my. You have to eliminate one because I don't like you eliminating Peyton Manning. With your noodle arm, fuck out of here. He does. He did. He did have a noodle arm. It's because he couldn't move his neck at the you know at the end hey, of his go, career. Hey, go crack me some jokes, you clown. He is pretty funny. <laughs> he is funny. I'm just saying, like of those four, like the other, I'm just what I love the other three way more. Like like each one of those players. Man, I guess this finally eliminates yeah. Calvin Johnson from coming back from retirement, though, huh? <laughs> Calvin Johnson being drafted by the Lions <laughs> eliminated him from coming back, bro. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, after all those quick hits, you know, similar to Russell Wilson's nine-year career with 394 sacks, oh, we are now moving on to the trivia answer. One of the moments y'all have been waiting for. Wait, do we do we do trivia after Finem and Cutem? So we'll do Finem and Cutem. Uh Finem and Cutem is <laughs> It's it, I mean it's 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 another it's another in the long line of of somehow superstars are able to like because they cuz cuz because they play a game they are able to somehow Game get, get, the system. That's good. That's that's a solid joke. Get preferential treatment. So Malik Beasley uh, got a re- reduced sentence from a felony to a misdemeanor that he gets to serve after the season. I think it's 120 days in jail, right? Correct. 120 days in jail. Malik Beasley is currently playing for the Hornets. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. But that's Thank how you. that team is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Malik Beasley, what did he do to get this felony, Jermaine? It was a gun threat. Yeah. Oh, good. So he was sentenced to 120 days in jail after pleading guilty. <laughs> Not no contest. Oh, my God, dude. Well, you got to appreciate that. That's what it was. The judge appreciated his honesty, and he reduced it from a felony to a misdemeanor. Do you think that if I made a gun threat that I could get mine reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor? By well, pl- by white, so yes, I do think that. By pl- <laughs> <laughs> fair point. That's Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. It's probably, yeah. So he pleaded guilty to a felony charge of threats of violence for pointing a rifle at a family outside his home last fall. That's right, last fall, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> so they Malik said that he dog. Could, you, you know what's so funny is that he gets this slap on the wrist, but you remember that family? That husband yeah. and wife who came yeah. out with the pistol and the rifle in St. Louis. And they weren't even loaded. Jesus, the first person that looks at guns is like, that rifle has no magazine in it. Nothing. They're just hold, They're just brandishing it as like a fear tactic. You know what I mean? Almost like having TSA pat you down before you get on a plane. It's security theater, bro. Um, 
And yeah, and St. And St. Louis persecuted the fuck out of yeah, them. Yeah, they got in, they got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but Malik Beasley can, can walk around his his you know Minneapolis you know <laughs> neighborhood just brandishing rifles at people. Yeah. So here here's the crazy thing. So they announced that he could serve his stay in the workhouse after the conclusion of the NBA season. Setting a tentative report date for May 26th, you know, depending if Minnesota makes the playoffs, which it, the date is May 26th, bro. Uh, <laughs> you think they're gonna let him? You think they're gonna let him get his shots up? Uh, a cup. Which shots? <laughs> so here's here's the crazy part: a couple and their 13 year old child on a house hunting tour in September pulled up to the suburban home where Beasley was living with his wife and then 18 month old son. And found the property roped off. Beasley approached their vehicle and pointed a rifle as he told them to leave. A police search of the house found weapons and marijuana. As part of Beasley's plea deal in December, prosecutors dropped a felony fifth-degree drug possession charge. A victim impact statement was read during the remote sentencing on behalf of the family, citing severe emotional trauma and personal and professional disruption following the incident. Beasley also spoke and said, I am not that person. I humbly apologize for my actions. All right. So there's, again, there's a lot to unpackage here. So one, all right, both you and I come from the military, right? When you like, we're, 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 we're taught to look for one thing, right? And, and that pretty much absolves us of, of anything that we do after that. And that's a thing called deadly force. As soon as you point a weapon at me, you have established deadly force, and I'm full. I'm well within my right to to use deadly force on you. Pew pew. Right? That's the sound a yeah. gun makes. Yeah, you point a rifle at me. I'm sure as hell going to point a rifle at you, and I may pull the trigger because I, I don't know what you can do. I don't know what you can do with that rifle, right? The the. I mean, go. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the hypocrisy this, of the you, United States of America rears its head again, yeah. and this time nobody can use race as a card. Yeah, it is status. It is money. It is where you are in the pecking order, and Malik Beasley generates dollars for people who have hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And with that and, being said, and some Malik, of the best legal teams on the planet, and Malik Beasley is off scot free by pointing a gun at somebody for pointing a gun at a family with an eighteen month child with them. No, they they had a thirteen. There they had a thirteen year old. He had a eighteen month son. That's how you just read it. That's what you said, right? Yeah. The family sorry. the family yeah, had yeah. a thirteen year old kid. He had an eighteen year old or an eighteen month right, old right, son right, in, right. in the house. Right, right. Which in I the house, mean, correct. Which I mean we, we can get into we, we can get into gun debates, but I, I, I have I've I had gun, I have guns in my house. I had I had guns around my daughter, just keep them locked up. It does not matter if there's guns with an eighteen month year like like that's not the issue. And first of all, Malik, <laughs> what what are you doing laying yourself open like that? Take cover. Take concealment. If anyone's coming to your house, you should at least fire from a you know an ele- a raised elevated position behind cover. Dude, where's the fucking high ground, bro? Establish a kill box, dog. Seriously, 
If you really want to get into it, grab some grab some of your buddies. Let's get an L-shaped ambush up in this mug. Fucking rookie. <laughs> I'm glad you were issued a lifetime yeah, ad on the yeah, possession you know of what? guns. <laughs> you know what, Malik? Not only are we going to find and cut you for this felony for pointing guns at people and then getting your felony reduced because you make people lots of money, but also your tactics suck. Whack. Someone doesn't play enough Call of Duty. Your lifetime possession of guns should fall into Call of Duty and Halo as well. You should not be able to play FPS either because clearly it doesn't pay off, you fucking bum. Meet me on the sticks, kid. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Jermaine Jermaine has issued a challenge to Malik Beasley. Gauntlet thrown. Just don't point a rifle at me. (laughs) (laughs) So Jermaine asked Jermaine asked in the beginning of the show, what is the record for the most watched Super Bowl? Now, here's here's my problem with these records, right? I and I, I I will I'll, I'll say my piece after this. The the most watched Super Bowl was the 2014-2015 Super Bowl. The New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, 114.4 million people tuned in to watch that game. As a reminder, this year's game, more people on the planet Six years later, only 96.4 tuned in to watch it. My problem with this stat is I, I want to see percentages, right? So, like, how many people had TVs and how many people tuned in? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's the normal, what, what's the normal, you know, for a Sunday, for a Sunday night in whatever, you know? That like 114 million, like that that stat. What I just said, 114 million versus 96. That's easy to see. Six years later, it should be more. So I believe that this is the most watched Super Bowl. Is it the most watched Super Bowl in terms of people, or just so in there, terms of so, percentage of viewers? So one of the reasons why this question was asked, coupled with us talking about the 96.4 that was uh, already stated earlier in the podcast, is Nielsen. Right, which does the ratings for this kind of viewership thing, and they do the demographic ratings and the X Y Z. Right, so they're still processing the highly anticipated ratings figure. Right, a Tuesday release is the expectation, and so this article was released what an hour ago that I'm reading it, and so they're still anticipating that this could be one of the most watched games in history. I feel like the number that you and I have is the actual number, though. <laughs> and so that's why it's very interesting for us to see this because this was anticipated, right, with the teams involved and the quarterbacks involved and the other talent, right? Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that was one of the reasons why I brought this up, but. You know, it's still TBD. You know, they could always change it because the the way ratings are counted then versus now, right, which is what Nick yeah. was literally just asking about, uh, is different because of online viewership, right? And how does this factor in people being at bars and restaurants and them all watching one screen? So how do you factor in those kind of decisions? So I feel like this is still to be answered at a later date, and we'll try to follow up as information is made accessible to us. And so it's 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 just a very interesting way because not everyone digests things the same way that it was, shoot, just five years ago, which is exactly what Nick was talking about. 
Are you sure it's are you sure it's TBD and not TB12? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Fuck Tom okay. Brady. He needs to retire. <laughs> done. I'm done watching it. Or like go to a team that needs a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like who or, has or, or, who has or go to a team that ever? isn't uh, the Jags, the Panthers, the Lions, and the Texans. Did I just nail all the four of those off the top of my head? Can you look that nah, up? Nah, there's more than that. I Vikings thought there was just those four. Won one. The Vikings. I, the Vikings won have won one. one. Yeah, the Vikings won one of the earlier ones. Hundred percent, dude. A Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all in four in the Super Bowl, bro. Okay, well, let's look it up. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. So I think it's the Bills and the Vikings. Oh, the Bills. That's pretty good. Yeah, the Bills probably are in there. Bills, Jags, and Texans. The Bra- and the Browns. Browns. Browns have never won one. I did just name four off the dome pretty pretty fast, though. <laughs> yeah, but there's 12 teams that have never won a There's season. 12 teams? Okay, let me that's see if I can name I'm them all. Say- let me that- see if I can oh, name them all. Okay, hold on. Uh, start from the beginning. St- uh, okay, start over again. Yeah, yeah, Carolina. Yes. Jacksonville. Yes. Detroit. Yes. Houston. Yeah. Yes. Buffalo. Yes. Uh. Tennessee. Yes. You're at six. Uh, No, they've won one already. Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. I'm just going I'm going through. <laughs> nah, dude, but come on. You got me. Seven. I gave you some of these answers before. I know you did. Uh the Vikings. There you go. Eight. Uh the Falcons haven't won one. Nine. Uh The, the Chargers? It's 10. I'm laughing because I've <laughs> said one of these and you haven't said it again. On I know, time. dude. Oh. You have two more and I literally gave <laughs> you one. Oh, oh fuck. You're going to blow it because you can't remember. Dude. Well, all right. Just, just, just in the interest, just in the interest of, of, of good time, what are the last two? Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb alright well we appreciate you guys tuning in episode 53 uh, we, I know we said at the beginning we're, we were talking about this we're going to talk about the NBA quarter season preview just for time purposes we're going to push that to next week it's not like it's going anywhere and it'll give us more more content to to talk about a month and a half yeah. into the season we also kind of made the mistake of trying to pack that into the episode where we discussed the Super Bowl um yeah. You know, with that being said, the Super Bowl took a little bit of precedence. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. This was episode 53. Jesus, 53. Is that, is that right? Maybe 54. Who knows? There's a couple of lost episodes in there, too. So There's only one lost episode. Chill out. Why do you have to do that? <laughs> there was so much intrigue for people to be like, ooh, lost episodes. Now you just ruined it. But don't 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 forget don't forget to follow us uh, at Podcast Room Three or Three Twitter and Instagram. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends' friends. Tell your mama's friends. Tell your daddy's friends. What do you got, Jermaine? 
Uh, nothing. Just keep it locked. We got big changes coming soon. I know we keep saying that, but we're building towards it. So nice creative out. Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew insert player name here was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a one of a kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event. Meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. 